Ladies Kicking Assets, where we are empowering women with the financial education they need to live the lives they want. We are your co-hosts, Robin and Courtney, and we are not financial advisors. We are just going to be providing financial education. And please make sure you hit the subscribe button so you don't miss any of our future episodes. Robin, why don't you introduce our amazing guest? So we are blessed today to have Russell Gray, who is the co-host of the Radio Guys um, Real Estate Guys Radio Show. I, I even got that backwards, um, but he is amazing, and he has just so much information to share with us today. I don't know that we even have enough time to even get into as much as we'd love to. Um, but we've asked Russell Gray to join us today to talk with us about your personal financial statement, um, the impact of that in our lives, um, where you see yourself today and where it is that you're wanting to go. And so we were hoping today, um, Russ, that you could speak to our audience, primarily women uh, who have resources and maybe don't quite know what to do. Uh, so if you could kind of uh, take us down that path, we'd love to talk about that. Uh, sure. Well, first of all, thank you for having me and congratulations on launching your podcast. I know that this is one of your earlier episodes and excited about that, right? The journey of a thousand miles starts with the first step. So yeah. congratulations. And uh, obviously, I know you too. And I know that you're both very accomplished <laughs> as investors and, and, and business women. But I also know that your wives and mothers and your homemakers. And so it's a complex life being a woman especially in modern society, especially if you're a woman, maybe later in life that through mm -hmm. uh, whatever unfortunate circumstances may find yourself uh, without your husband, you know, or for whatever reason. Uh, and maybe he's always made the financial decisions, you know, not to be stereotypical. There's a lot of very independent women out there, but for, you know, you, you kind of teed up the, 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 the women that are out there, Hey, they've got some resources mm -hmm. and they don't know what to do. And of course there's people that, you know, have, traditionally done very well, just investing in uh, Wall Street, kind of, you know, the the live below your means, save money, put it in a well-diversified portfolio of stocks, bonds, mutual funds, use your retirement accounts, mm -hmm. and so on. And, you know, maybe they're looking at today's world and going, oh my gosh, you know, we've got really volatile markets. People are talking about bubbles. I'm seeing all this inflation. I'm trying to move to fixed income and I'm getting paid one or 2% yield on my savings and inflation is running six, seven, eight, percent. Yeah, this is not sustainable. What do I do? I don't know what to do. And of course, we live in the world of real assets where we're dealing with things that are physical, that are tangible. We don't define wealth as buy low, sell high and end up with a pile of currency that they're printing and devaluing by the trillions every year. Um, we look at things more about wealth being streams of passive income, primarily through real estate. And we use the tool called debt in order to effectively short the dollar. In other words, we can buy income and income producing assets by making a spread. Uh, if I can borrow money at four or 5%, which I can do with a 30 year mortgage and then earn 10 or 12% on that money then I get the difference between the cost of the money, which is four or 5% and the yield on the money, which could be 10 or 12%. Uh, and so that gives me positive cash flow. Then I have the um, tax advantages of that, which improve my, my net after tax income. And then the other thing that's really important is I own a physical tangible asset that meets a basic human need that in spite of whatever goes on in the economy, whatever the fad is, whatever the hot topic is, the basic need for people to have a place to live in, a home to live in, whether it's an apartment, 
whether it's senior housing, residential assisted living, whether it's a, a single family home, uh, maybe they're not ready to buy or unable to buy because the down payments and it's just gotten to be too much. Uh, that's where landlords, people who own those properties and rent them out come into play. And so that's a huge opportunity. Of course, there's other things uh, in the real asset investing world you can use to hedge. Uh, things like uh, energy. Energy is the economy. The, uh, the economy runs on energy. And obviously, if anybody's been paying attention to the gas pump lately, they know that the price of gas is going up. Well, as a consumer, that's difficult. But if as an investor in energy, that's wonderful. And so it just depends. It's not a good or bad what's happening in the economy. It's whether you know how to be on the right side of that equation. Same thing with food. You know, you consume food and you have to consume food just like you have to consume energy, but you can also be an investor in food, agriculture. Uh, and so we, we are big believers in, in uh, investing in residential real estate, investing in agriculture, investing in energy, and then using things besides dollars and banking systems to store wealth. And these are going to be things like precious metals, cryptocurrencies, things that are outside the system. The system's very fragile right now. And a lot of people maybe feel it, but don't fully understand it. If you want to go down that path, we can go down it. But the, the, you, you mentioned personal financial statement, and then it really comes down to just understanding basic strategy. I'm a financial strategist kind of by, by, by training and expertise, right? That's my thing. And strategy is not that complicated in anything, whether it's business or whatever you're trying to do. You're at point A, which is where you are today, your current yes. reality. And then you have a vision about where you want life to be. I want to have more passive income than expenses. Okay, that's called financial freedom. You're not maybe not wealthy, but at least you're mm -hmm. free. Uh, I want, I've already accumulated that, but I want to protect my uh, assets from volatility in the system, from a financial collapse, from a currency collapse. Uh, from inflation. How do I do that? Well, that that would be a vision. So getting from point A where you are to your vision requires strategy, a scope and sequence of events that you're going to do. In order to do it, you have to have knowledge. You have to know what to do. You have to have access to the opportunities or the resources, the things that you would need to um, invest in, if you will. So you need to have a marketplace uh, you need to have advisors because it's impossible to know everything there is to know. You're operating more as a CEO or a high level person who's dealing in concepts and strategy, and you're relying upon your accountant, your lawyer, uh, maybe the purveyors of the individual um, investment opportunities to explain to you and manage the details. You have to be smart enough to understand what they're saying, but you don't have to know how to do what they do. You, your job is not to have answers, but to ask great questions. Mm -hmm. And so if I, if I was someone out there on the front end, whether I'm a young person just trying to figure out which way is up, or whether I am uh, someone who has, through whatever circumstances, ended up with uh, some resources, and I don't know what to do with them, either because I've always done it, you know, kind of the old fashioned Wall Street way, and now I'm ready to change or because, in, in, you know, we talked about that that uh, stereotypical woman, if you will, that finds herself later in life with a pile of money and she hasn't really been running that side of the household most of her life. And now she's trying to figure it out. I think the first thing to invest in, and, and you have to be careful with this, but is your education. 
Mm-hmm. And it could just be time, could be listening to podcasts like this one, it could be reading books, attending conferences, be careful of the run to the back of the room buy this, you know, course, and we'll teach you everything. I mean, I'm not a believer in that. But you definitely want to get into the into the space into the language, learn, learn the lingo, and then meet people. So you invest in your network, you begin to make friends that are doing what you want to do, people that you form a personal human relationship with, and then you learn to see that they really are qualified to have an opinion, they walk their talk. And once you get to know them a little bit, you begin to share ideas and, and you've learned how to speak the language so you can begin to do that. And then over time, you'll have opportunities placed in front of you and you take those things up with your advisors. Does this make good tax sense? Does this fit into my asset protection, my estate plan? Um, When you get further down the road, you start learning about portfolio strategies, how to manage risk versus opportunity, because there is no opportunity without risk, Mm -hmm. but every risk provides opportunity. They go hand in hand. And so it may seem overwhelming, but I can tell you that it, it really isn't. It's like anything like I tell you, you know, I, as you both know, I was widowed a couple of years ago, or became a widower. I don't exactly know what the proper term is, but I lost my wife after 41 years. Yeah. And here I am. I inherited a house that I was trying to run. I had no idea. I'd never done a load of wash, never made a bed. I didn't know how to run the dishwasher. I mean, I was so, you know, there are gals out there who might feel like, hey, I'm not really qualified to be an investor or business person uh, because I don't know. But it doesn't mean you're not smart. It just means that you're not experienced, but you can gain that experience. And fortunately, there's uh, resources like this one today, yes. where yes. You, you can begin to fill your brain with good ideas. And little by little, you'll start to get comfortable, you start to understand what your options are. Uh, and then you just get out there and you start iterating, you start doing taking baby steps. And after a while, pretty soon, you'll be running at full speed, and you'll be managed a portfolio. And you're like, wow, this is actually pretty fun, because it is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's very rewarding. I have to say that, um, you know, when I plugged into the real estate guys network of people about a year ago, that's when it really um, changed my life. You know, you came out last summer at the investor summit on sand talking about how you could leverage precious metals that you had. And my mind was just blown. And, you know, since then, you know, I'm, I've now, you know, I've, I've been investing, I've done really well with my investing, but now I've really dug into the strategizing and, um, you know, your daughter has helped me, you know, get a mortgage on my house and I've put that into other assets and that strategizing really is how you really grow, you know, substantially. And, um, it's, it's pretty incredible. It's, it's, and, and I, I think being diversified in so many assets is so important. You know, I don't care about the price at the pump because I've got a lot of oil and gas investments. I love that real estate's going up. I'm invested in real estate. So the asset protection is really important and being diversified and having a good, well-rounded portfolio. I think a lot of people don't really understand the diversification um, and how it's so important to be invested in a lot of different asset classes. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you mentioned another important piece that's so critical that um, I've, my husband and I have spent a great deal of time working on is the educational component. Um, And we've been educating ourselves for years, but you, you know, there's, you have to be reading and you have to be uh, filling your mind with the right pieces of information Mm -hmm. and getting the noise out. Um, I've heard you say that uh, time and time again, and then really creating the community of people that you want to be around, surrounding yourself with the right 
right individuals um, really will change your mindset and the trajectory of everything that you do. And those connections are so powerful. I mean, they're life-changing. I know Courtney spoke about how her, her life has changed so drastically in the last year, as, as has mine, um, as a result of our uh, affiliation with the real estate guys and being um, in the inner circle and the um, SMC. It's just been amazing. And I can't say enough um, uh, how grateful I am and how that's really impacted my life. And, and I talk about it constantly to everyone I know. And I think that's the power of the community. You know, you really begin, you know, those are the people that you draw on, um, not just for education and information, but in deep times of need, you know. Well, I mean, that's, that's, that's the key. Community is everything. That's why societies form. That's why families exist. That's Mm -hmm. why uh, towns exist. And as Mm -hmm. humans uh, evolve, if you will, Mm -hmm. uh, through the, 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 development of societies and economies that support commerce among people in those societies. I mean, the basics are always the same. And when you realize that you learn not really as well, I think you don't learn as well in, in classrooms and books. I think the way we educate people today isn't really a natural way of learning. A natural way of learning is to be around people. You, you know, they say all the time, you can, you can study a foreign language in a classroom and become proficient in terms of your ability to pass a test and put sentence structure together and do vocabulary quizzes. But if you want to really go out in the real world and converse with real people, you need to go live and speak in that culture and, and, and learn really the idioms and the, the nuances of the language. And you just do that by being in, in, in the environment. And I think that Robin, you bring up a great point and I want to draw it out. If anybody's out there trying to figure out how do I break into this world? How do I go from being an outsider to an insider? How do I understand what these people are even talking about, much Mm -hmm. less act on it? I mean, I'm scared to death to put real capital at risk because I, I really don't understand. Well, you were scared to death to drive a car your first time, mm-hmm. yeah. but you had, you had your, your parents probably worked with you a little bit and then your driver instructor worked with you a little bit. And then you began driving in very controlled environments. You know, sometimes parents don't let their kids drive on the freeway, but they can drive the surface streets. They can only drive when someone else is in the car. It's the same thing. If, if, if you're a surgeon, you don't just like graduate from school and then you're in the OR all by yourself oh, no. operating. I mean, you, you know, you, you watch somebody do it in real life after you've been practicing on cadavers and, and mm-hmm. so on. And then you get in and you actually assist. And then it some point you do with another experienced person watching you, you go through a progression of accepting more and more responsibility, which of course means taking on more and more risk, but you grow into it. And so I think that probably the most important thing for anybody out there in any field of endeavor, but uh, you know, we're specifically talking about your development as an investor is understand before you grow your portfolio, you grow yourself. And how do you grow yourself? By by growing your community, by, by getting around the right people that think the way you want to be thinking, that see things uh, a little bit differently than you do, that allow you to see a bigger picture, to see the possibilities, to see how the pieces fit together. And you know, you're both products of that environment. Robert Helms and I've been doing this for 20 some odd years now. We create environments where people can discover the wonderful world of financial strategy and real assets. 
and you know we explain the context behind that and of course many of the things that we've been talking about for a long time since you know we wrote our book equity happens back in 2004 i think released it the, the end of 2005 and our basic thesis was that we have a system, a financial system that requires inflation. Inflation is a not a bug, but a feature. Mm -hmm. And if you have an investment strategy that leverages inflation in your favor, you have a real opportunity to outpace inflation and build real wealth, net wealth of inflation. Of course, real estate is the foundation of that strategy. And then you build out from that these other components we've discussed that augment that core structure and diversify yourself out of real estate, but still in real assets so that you're always benefiting from an environment where inflation is baked in the cake. Now, does that mean that it doesn't overinflate from time to time, what we call a bubble, and then that bubble retracts? Uh, you have to be prepared for that because that happens sometimes. But if you look at the overall trend for a hundred some odd years since they instituted the Federal Reserve in 1913, the dollar has been on a one-way trajectory and that's down which means inflation it takes more dollars to buy the same thing. A three bedroom, two bath house that costs $50,000 in 1970, that costs you know 500,000 or a million dollars today is yeah. still a three bedroom, two bath house. It is a same house. What it does, it, what it happened is it just takes more dollars which have lost their purchasing power. It takes a whole lot more dollars to buy that same house. So if you bought it with debt, well, shoot, now you did real well, mm -hmm. you know, and, and so, and, and if you want to sell it, you know, then you can take those dollars and you have to go buy other things. And of course, if they've all gone up too, you didn't really gain as much in purchasing power, you know, as if you could go back in time and spend that million dollars or $500,000 back when the house was worth 50. And so there's techniques that you can use in more advanced strategies to lock in your purchasing power. Uh, and these are all the things that you learn about when you hang around people. And of course, the other thing is, well, that all sounds great, but where do I find the deals? Mm -hmm. Well, again, that's where your community comes in. So mm -hmm. again, the most important thing is to learn the lingo, get plugged into the people, uh, and then ask good questions and don't get too far out over your skis, but do get in the game. And little by little, you will learn, you will get comfortable. And pretty soon you'll start having results. And as you find out what works, what works for you, what you're interested in, who you can trust, you'll begin to go faster and faster. And mm -hmm. one day you'll wake up and you're like, wow, I've I done actually her. quite well. I can't, I don't even, I can't even believe it. And you'll be, you'll be coaching other people that are 10 years in the process behind you and how to follow in your footsteps, which is really what you, what you ladies are doing with the, with this initiative, which again, I applaud. Yeah. So I love that you talked about debt a minute ago, because, um, you know, one of the things that I've learned in this last few years is there is a difference in good debt and bad debt. And, you know, we're always taught to, you know, pay cash for everything, you know, minimize the amount of debt that you have, but there's actually a, a difference, you know, obviously if you're racking up credit card debt and you can't pay that off, that is bad debt. But can you talk a little bit about good debt and how to use that to, to grow your portfolio? Yeah, it, it's really very, very simple. If you're making money with the borrowed money, if you're making a profit with it, it's good debt. It's a tool. It leverages your ability to create wealth. If you're using it to consume, then it's bad debt. And you know things that look like good debt on paper where you think you're going to make money can turn into bad debt real fast mm -hmm. if you don't know what you're doing. 
-hmm. So the tool doesn't make the, the craftsman skilled, but in the hands of a skilled craftsman, a tool is a very uh, powerful uh, asset. Uh, you, you can accomplish a lot. So you, you go back to the same thing that the, before people get too excited about the tools, they need to get excited about developing their skills. But, but basically good debt is that. And, and the only other thing I'd say is that be very cautious about borrowing short and investing long because this is where you get in a liquidity trap. If I borrow money that I got to pay back in five years and I make a 10-year investment, then at the five-year mark, I've got to find cash from someplace and the investment I made is not liquid. If I were doing the arbitrage, which is where you borrow at one rate and lend at another rate, and that's the way banks do it. Banks, you deposit your money in the bank and they pay you nothing or maybe 1%. And then they lend it out for people on their cars or credit cards or homes for anywhere from four, five, six, 10, 20%. They're making money on the spread. I mean, if you can make 10% on every dollar you borrow, because I can borrow at five and invest at 15, how much 5% money do you want to borrow? All of it. Yeah. I want to borrow as much as I possibly can because I'm making 10% free yield on somebody else's money just by knowing how to do the arbitrage. But if you don't time the, if you don't uh, line up the duration and you don't line up the risk right, you can end up borrowing money and then the, losing. And now you still have the debt, or you end up where you borrowed the money and made an investment and you have to be liquid to pay off the debt before, or the interest rate adjusts or something happens before, you know, so you got to make sure you get the timing right. So it's a simple concept to understand, but there's some skills you have to have and some guidelines and principles you have to adhere to, to do it, I would say prudently in the real world. And so first master the concept and then begin to really look for the vehicles that you can use that, that line up well, where you have a good risk adjusted return, because it's not just return, right? Anybody can, can, can take borrowed money and speculate mm -hmm. and take high risk. But the problem is not all those risky investments pan out. So you have to, you have to always look at whatever you're doing in terms of how much risk are you taking and is the reward commensurate? And can I afford to take that risk? Mm -hmm. Very yeah, nice. I love that. That's probably one of my favorite stories coming out of last year and figuring that out is because I ended up borrowing money against my house at about three and a half percent, but I'm getting 14% where I put it. And mm -hmm. um, it's, it's easy for me to cash out should I need it. But that was just such a mind blowing thing to me. I thought, wow, this is incredible. And so it's I'm free like, money. It, it is. It's free money. And I'm actually cash flowing my house. Usually, you know, everybody thinks their house is an asset, but if it's costing you money, it's a liability. And I've actually made a way for my house to be an asset because I'm actually, the money I'm making on it is making that payment and I'm pocketing more. So it's, it's amazing. It's incredible. And you can use it to actually make the house pay for itself. As the house appreciates, it begins to pay itself mm -hmm. off and you don't ever have to pay the loan down. In fact, you shouldn't. Right. Um, you want to continue to add more and more debt to the property, but you do it at positive arbitrage and the cash flow on, on the, the invested proceeds from the loan. If I pull up, pull $500,000 out of a house and it costs me, you know, 6%, let's say it costs me $30,000 a year, but I turn around and I invest it at, uh, say, what did I say? 6%, I invested at 12%. Um, you know, and then I'm making double. Now 
I, I'm actually, the house is either making me money or it's not only making its own payment, but whatever debt I had on before, it's making that payment too. Mm -hmm. So pretty soon the house can begin to pay itself off with more debt. And this is, this blows people's minds, right? When I started my career as a financial strategist, I would explain these things to people. People were just so locked into the only way to not have a house payment was to have a house free and clear. And I'm like, right. no, that you can do that, but that takes a really, really long time. You can get to a point where you don't have a house payment in a short period of time by, by arbitraging your equity. And, uh, but the problem is you have to find financial, you know, like you mentioned my daughter, who's a, a mortgage person, but I trained her, I trained her in financial mm -hmm. strategy. She doesn't just take loan apps. She knows how to use mortgages strategically. In fact, she did a report mm -hmm. showing people how to get the maximum cash out. And um, if you don't mind, I can tell people how to get that report. No, yeah. yes, please do. Yeah, so it's, uh, it's just, it's just send an email to cash out at realestateguysradio.com. Send an email to cash out at realestateguysradio.com. She prepared a report to explain to you um, how you organize your financial statement in such a way that you're able to get the maximum cash out. And when you understand that that is good, not bad, as long as you don't spend it on a vacation to Europe or go buy yourself you know, a, a Ferrari or something. But if you use it to actually invest to make money, you can, you can learn how to make your house pay for itself. You can learn how to make it pay for a lot of things in your life. Yeah. Uh, and you don't have to give up the house. You don't have to give up living in the house and you don't have to make a bigger house payment than you were making before. And it doesn't really matter what the interest rate is. Some people are like, oh, I missed the opportunity because interest rates are up. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Right. It doesn't matter if you could borrow like Courtney, you said you borrowed at three and today you mm -hmm. might have to borrow at five. But if you're going from five to 14, that's still plus nine. Why oh, wouldn't you do yeah. that? Absolutely. You know? And if your house appreciated since you did the three, but the only way to get the equity out would be to replace that loan with a five, you're still making money on the spread and you are going to tap that excess equity and all of the interest becomes deductible. I'm not a tax advisor, but the way I understand the tax law, check with your own CPA. When you borrow money out, of a property and you use the proceeds for investment purposes, the interest is tax deductible. Whereas when you borrow money out for debt consolidation or consumption purposes, it's deductible up to a point. Mm -hmm. And then beyond that point, for those of you that have expensive houses with lots of equity, you go mm -hmm. past that point, you no longer can deduct that interest. But if you're using the proceeds to invest, that interest is deductible according to my CPA check with your own. Yes. And that's why Very it's good. so important to have a good CPA. So yes, they are not created and a, equal. And a, and a team, a, a huge team. So I um, want to ask you a personal question. What brings you great joy in your life these days? You've, you have such an incredible wealth of knowledge and information through the years, and you've mentored so many people, but what do you do that, or what brings you great joy in your life? Um, when I was young, um, right out of high school, uh, first year, I became a football coach. I was the uh, defensive coordinator for the my high school's freshman football team, and I had a heart for seeing the the boys. You know, I was now a young man at 18 years old, but these kids were 14 years old, and I remembered being a 14 year old, and I thought that I wanted to be a positive influence the way my coaches had been for me. Um, I ended up going into business, but um, my father was a high-tech entrepreneur and he ended up, looked like he was going to take his company public. And, and I went to him and I was still maybe 20, 23 years old. And I said, uh, dad, I'd, I'd really like to be a teacher. I want to teach history and be a football coach, but I can't afford to raise my family on that. 
would you be willing to help me? Mm-hmm. And he said he would. And so my, my passion in life has been to, to be a teacher and a coach. Mm-hmm. And what brings me joy is seeing a student or anybody that I mentor actually have success. I just came back from Buck Joffrey. You guys know Buck Joffrey, Wealth Formula podcast. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, Buck is a former Inner Circle member in our syndication mentoring club. And he came in because he wanted to start a successful podcast. He wanted to learn how to raise money. And our poster child for success in our students has been Dave Zook and still mm-hmm. is. Dave, Dave last, at last count, the last syndication seminar we went to, we were all there together in March. David raised $504 million yeah. in seven years. Mm-hmm. Buck came in two years later and I asked Buck, where are you? He goes, I'm somewhere uh, way past 500 million. I'm probably somewhere, you know, between 500 and a billion raised in five years, wow. in five years. And I couldn't be happier for him. He makes a lot more money than I do. He's, you know, he's touching a lot of lives. Mm-hmm. But if I would have gone and done that myself, I would be limited in my impact. Maybe I could raise a billion dollars. Okay, I'd have a nice life and I'd be rich. That'd be great or richer. Mm-hmm. But what, you know, what makes a wonderful life? What makes you rich? If I could have a thousand Dave Zook and Buff Joffrey, uh, Buck Joffrey's out there, nothing would make me happier. I mean, you, you, you guys know that because obviously you're part of the program and part of the group of people that we coach. Mm-hmm. And we can have a much greater impact by attracting um, smart, hardworking entrepreneurs who want to go raise a lot of money and make a lot of money, but they want to do it to benefit the capital, to do good. You guys have started this, this uh, initiative with the ladies kicking assets to help mm-hmm. other women come along and do what you've done. Yes. Are you going to grow your business by doing it? Sure you are, mm-hmm. but you're also going to do a lot of good. And this late great Gene Garino famously said, you can do good by doing, or you can do well by doing good. Mm-hmm. And so that, that, that's what I turns me on. That's the kind of tribes, as you know, that we build, those are the kind of people that we attract. Those are the people that I want to coach and empower. Mm -hmm. And, um, that, you know, I call that my treasure in heaven, every testimony, all I get, every card, every letter of thanks, every email that we get, every video that somebody sends in going, Oh my gosh, you guys have changed my life. I I'm financially free. My kids have this great life, whatever. Whenever I get those, I just save them all, save them Mm -hmm. all. Cause at some point in life, you know, if they come and tell me, Hey, you know, Mr. Gray, uh, the clock's about to run out on you. And if, if I don't die in some horrific accident and I still have my, my faculties about me, um, I think that what I want to spend my last days doing is going back and just reading all of those and feeling like, okay, this life meant something. It made a difference. And I may be leaving, but the impact I made stays behind it, you know, and I'm not unusual. I'm not like the only guy in the world that feels that way, but that that's what turns me on. Mm-hmm. Nope. I'm, I'm with you. You definitely made a huge impact in my life and I want to pay that forward and do that for as many people as we possibly can. So mm-hmm. I, I love that. It's amazing. Yes, definitely. Definitely. And, and, and likewise, you've had a huge impact in my life and, and my business and um, just the shift in my mindset, you know, um, and just what I pour into myself. So I very much appreciate that. And we appreciate your time today um, so much and um, know that um, you've had great impact in the lives of others. And so we want to and thank we'll you And we'll continue to do so. Yes. Well, I appreciate that. Absolutely. And uh, I, I know that you will also carry on that tradition. And uh, it's just the more of us that are out there trying to make a positive impact in the world, 
then, you know, stuff's going to happen, right? Currencies are going to collapse. Financial systems are going to break. Greedy people are going to do terrible things. Politicians are going to be politicians. You know, corporations are going to be corporations. But this is really initiative about empowering the individual. My personal mission statement is to empower individual liberty through financial education for effective action. That's what I live for. And so the more people that we show how to create true financial independence and independent of the banking system, independent of Wall Street, that have organized themselves to use the tax law to pay no income tax, uh, to, to just not fund the people that are trying to take our freedoms away, that are trying to rule our lives at a micromanaged level. Uh, every single individual that we set financially free makes society as a whole better. The idea that you can create a stronger society by sacrificing the individual for the greater good is a complete fallacy, mm. right? A society is a, is a collection of healthy, strong individuals. We need to empower the individuals. That's what our founding fathers understood. If we set the individual free, if we give that man or woman the right to be able to own property and to pursue happiness and to mm -hmm. share ideas freely, that we will unlock human potential unlike anything that's ever happened in the history of Earth. And that's what the United States of America, the constitutional capitalist, not the crony capitalism that we get, not, not these big corporations, not these big that are in bed with big government, but, but the way the founding fathers put this thing together, they designed it to protect and empower the individual because they knew if we set the individual free, the individual will produce abundance. Mm. And that's our system. And that's why I do what I do is to get people to understand that you know people come in because they want to be financially free. They want to be rich because they want to be free. And they think riches precedes freedom. Let me tell you, it's the exact opposite. That's right. Freedom precedes riches and you have to live in a free society. And then you have to set yourself free from the shackles of unproductive debt, from the shackles of um, employment, which does not allow you to unlock your earning potential. You have to um, set yourself free from the people who uh, are trying to convince you that you're not smart enough or qualified to manage your own money and that investing in things that are real is dangerous versus investing in their paper, which are chips in their casinos, right? Once you learn to set yourself free from those uh, unproductive paradigms, those unproductive systems, those unproductive roles in society, and you, and you live in a system where you're allowed to own property, to contract, to share ideas, to congregate, and you use those rights and apply them, then you will build real wealth, sustainable wealth. And it's not just money, it's community, all the things that we've talked about. So mm -hmm. that's my mission. Uh, I love every opportunity, any forum, I have a chance to tell people about it and encourage people to get on the bus. Uh, I think that if we get enough people on it, then we will have a truly free society, a truly free country. We will have plenty of successful, enlightened people to trade with and do business with. We'll enhance our own productivity and our own uh, ability to create wealth and we'll be a, a freer, safer society. So that's the mission. Appreciate the role you guys are playing in it. Yes. Thanks for the opportunity to tell my story. Really appreciate it. Thank you. And if for our viewers who would like to hear more about financial freedom, they can reach you where? Um, I think the, you know, if you really want to get to know the real estate guys, you can um, 
listen to us, uh, realestateguysradio.com. You put in the real estate guys at any podcast. If you're interested in learning how to raise money, um, we have our syndication training. You two are part of that syndication at realestateguysradio.com. And we can get you information about that. Um, and, uh, or you can send an email to newsletter at realestateguysradio.com and you'll get on our list. And then we'll tell you about our events and mm -hmm. when we release new content and whatever we have going on. Great information. Thank you so much. Thank you. And finally, right, we'd like so to much. just ask our viewers to subscribe to our YouTube channel and you can reach us at Ladies Kicking Assets. And we thank you for your time today. Appreciate you, Russ. Thank, thank you. you.